You may remember the movie Fight Club and maybe you've even seen it. It's so relatable in that you've got Edward Norton's character who is this more timid, uh, introverted, kind of shyer guy who doesn't really speak up for himself. And in the movie, he finds himself in this corporate job where he's not that motivated, he's not that fulfilled with what he's doing. And I think he kind of comments that he just feels a bit dead inside. And he's become a bit of a, a worker drone, a worker bee, where that sense of aliveness has seemed to have left him. And he's having situations in his workplace where he wished he stood up more and spoke up more for his boundaries and spoke up more for what he said, but he keeps it to himself. And there along comes Brad Pitt's character. And Brad's Brad, Brad Pitt's character is basically personified by showing up the way Edward Norton wished he would show up. Brad's Pitt character, Brad Pitt's character basically represents like kind of like a free man. He kind of is not held down, head held down by the shackles. He just kind of does what he wants to do. He accepts himself the way he is. He dresses how he wants to dress. He doesn't care about anything. He, you can just feel from him that he's free. And why I bring this up is because often at times when guys come to me, one of the things they're dealing with is that they are noticing in the workplace or in their personal life. They struggle with, for example, setting boundaries, with speaking up for themselves, with just saying, and often they're smart people, and they struggle to just say what they, they want to say because they, they, they're not even sure why. But for some reason, they're not speaking up anymore. And, they, and I can tell you, that what they're experiencing is very similar to what's happening in Fight Club, which is they can feel inside how their authentic, authentic self should show up, but they're experiencing the dissonance where they're, they're not doing it. And what I'm going to do in this video is help you understand, and, and finally, in Fight Club, by the way, he talks about what's happened in his past, which has led him up till now. And what I'm going to do in this video is help you understand how your past, how our pasts, have influenced how we show up today and how we can, instead of being a victim to our past and being stuck in, oh, because of this stuff happened in my past, it's affecting me now. Instead of being in that place where you're kind of damaged from your past, instead, I'm going to show you in this video how to use your past for fuel so that when you show up in the future, you are showing up the, in the confident uh, you know, fulfilled, excited, purposeful way that you wish to show up and you're actually using your past as fuel to help you do that. So to do that, I'm going to open with a quick story, right, to just show you, just highlight to you and maybe relate to you in terms of my past and one of my friend's past and, and what that upbringing looked like and how it affected us. And then I'm going to help you understand actually how we perceive the world because when you understand that you can understand exactly how these things affect us but then when you understand how we perceive the world you can understand what levers we can pull to change that because when you can understand how what how it's actually the framework on how it's actually made up and how we perceive it then you can actually see just how empowered you are to actually change these things and hence show up in a way that you wish or you would like to show up so I hope that makes sense. And here's the story. 
which actually inspired me to create this video, by the way. I, I was actually having coffee this morning with a, a, a friend of mine who I'm actually really lucky to be friends with. This guy's actually a, a Sydney kind of kind of Sydney famous uh, boxing trainer. Uh, he, uh, to kind of give you a clue, uh, there, there's this rich billionaire who everyone knows who uh, he owns many different things. Uh, one of the things he owns is a gym, uh, a gym chain. And uh, when that rich billionaire who, a uh, very famous guy that you would know, when he comes to Sydney, he asks my friend, this trainer, to train him in boxing. So, so the, guy, the guy's just an incredible inspirational guy. Uh, he's kind of, he's in his 40s. And uh, this guy also happens to be from the same, similar upbringing to myself. And he's grown up in kind of Blacktown area of Western Sydney, so definitely an underprivileged area. And we were reminiscing about uh, what it was like when we were growing up, you know, and he's kind of the generation after me in that given his age, uh, he's about 10 years older than me. But as he was talking, it reminded me of how I grew up. And here's what it is. Two things. Number one, traditional path. Even in Fight Club, he talks about it. Basically, it's go to school. So you can get a good, good get get into a good uni, so you can get a good degree, so you can get a good job, so then you can shut the f up, basically, right? It's just like, hey, don't ask questions, follow the script. So you've kind of got that upbringing, suppressing already at that point your own voice, and by the way, and then we wonder why we struggle to show up uh, confidently now when basically we were told to suppress our own voice and through no fault of our own, that, that script uh, you know, of, of go to school and go to a good uni and stuff, that was designed to make us safe, to keep us safe. And I'm not, you know, we shouldn't be angry at our parents and teachers and preachers for wanting to keep us safe. Because they kept us safe, we're actually in the privileged position now where we can actually talk about self-actualization and we can actually talk about, okay, cool, well, I'm safe, but, but also thanks to being safe, now I can think about how can I be fulfilled? How can I live up my potential? How can I, uh, you know, be the best version of me? You know, if you're not even safe, you, can't, you definitely cannot think about that. So that's the first thing. Let's, not, let's recognize that that script, which yes, in a way ends up making us suppress our voice, also got us to the point where we can work on it. So I hope that part makes sense. Now here's the other part. Not only was my boxing trainer friend raised off that script, but we were raised in a time where you knew that you were from a lower socioeconomic class. You knew that you were different from the rich eastern suburbs people. You knew that, I don't know about you, but for me, and my, my friend, the boxing trainer, like there was a lot of gangs when we were growing up. He told me about, uh, you know, <laughs> watching this fight that happened at I think Blacktown Station where um, there was just like a proper punch on after school for all, like almost every afternoon at this station. Uh, and he, he was telling me about one particular punch on where there was knives and machetes and things like this, uh, all because someone looked at someone else's girl wrong, that type of thing and how the, the cops just don't even show up. They just didn't even show up for like an hour or two. And he's like, yeah, man, this was the reality that we grew up in. I rem and I remember a similar case when I was in high school where um, like this gang came to our school, 
pulled out machetes uh, and uh, they were bashing the crap out of this uh, kid who uh, they had a beef over like a iPod at the time. And I remember the teachers tried to intervene, but they couldn't because the, those guys were surrounding this guy that they were bashing up and they, they, they were holding machetes around. So the teachers couldn't do anything. Now, I have other people, other clients of mine or, or people I've worked with who uh, they may not have that upbringing, but they've grown up in an upbringing where there, there's just a, an awareness that there is violence around you. Uh, now, I'm also from Sri Lanka and I have experiences like when I was uh, kind of, you know, under 10 years old where we would go there and we, you would be aware that there are bombs going off in the city that you're in. So it's just, it's just, these things have an impact on your, your upbringing and I'm going to explain how. Let me make it real for you right now. I just want, if you haven't seen this in any of my other videos, uh, then here's what we do. I want you to look around the room right now and look for blue anywhere you can. Look for blue anything you can. Look for blue tables, blue paintings, blue people, blue microwave digits, blue, uh, blue pots, blue anything. Blue, 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 blue bags, blue boxes, blue, 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 and close your eyes. Tell me what you saw that was gold. All right, I, I bet you if you open your eyes now, you can see more gold this time, right? So how does that work? It works because there are 11 million bits of information. This is approximately what they've calculated out in the Encyclopedia Britannica. You can find it. 11 million bits of information are coming to us per second at any one time, which is too much for our conscious mind to process. Our conscious mind can only process 50 bits per second from our five senses, right? So we, we have the world sending in 11 million bits of information to us. Our conscious brain can only process 50 bits of information per second. And so basically our brain deletes, distorts, and generalizes information via a set of filters, which I'm gonna get into. And because it goes through those filters and it, it filters out that 11 million bits into 50, which you consciously, which consciously get through, that's what you see. That's how you see the world. Because as a result of the filters you have, you are seeing a different set of 50 data points from that 11 million than even your best friend next to you. So, so you just saw it then, right? When you were in a blue world, you see more blue. But when you know to look for gold, suddenly you see gold everywhere, right? And what that shows you is that, you know, there's 7 million people on this earth living in one reality. But the truth is, there's seven million realities being lived out right now. Because you may be looking at blue, you may be looking at gold, you know, someone else may be looking at, gold, uh, at green. Everyone's seeing a, uh, a slightly different version of the world. And how our past affect us, affects us is those filters get shaped by how we grow up those filters that I'm referring to, one of them being focus, what you focus on. So for example, if as you grew up, you learned to focus on blue, or you learned to focus on, or learned that in the world there are threats, there are physical threats. If you look at someone's girl wrong, you could get fucking, you can get punched. If you, um, if you speak up too much, uh, people, people might actually physically attack you, or, or people might shame you. 
that is going to shape how comfortable you are showing up because if you're a kid and and you show you you speak up and you have an experience of feeling of feeling different from everyone else you can create a meaning when you're young that oh it's not safe to speak up because when i do people notice that i'm different and i don't want to feel different because if i feel different i feel like i'm not part of the tribe and if I don't feel like I'm part of the tribe, I could get exiled from the tribe. And if I get exiled from the tribe, I could die. That is the primal fear, by the way. You know, if you're not in the tribe, you could die. Because that's what happened when humans were evolving. Right? So if in your past, you've had turbulent experiences, right? And also, like, a lot, I know a lot of people grow, watching my channel... They're either ethnic or they're from likely not the highest socioeconomic class. I'm typically aware of that. And so as a result, in a way, we've all had very similar backgrounds. And many of you may have had the experience, many of us have had the experience, for me, I can tell you, of being the only brown kid in the school. And, and having that experience when the teachers going through the roll call and then they stop at your name and they're like oh, uh, uh, uh. you know experiences like that when you're young and I'm not I'm not saying that to be a victim I'm just saying that because in order for us to build and grow we need to be clear and call a spade a spade about the foundation that we're starting from right so if you, so I'm I'm just helping you understand the types of conditioning we have based on our past right with me and that boxing trainer, there was the, the violence thing, right? So if you, if, you, if you don't be careful about how you act, you could literally be in a physical threat, right? That's point one. Point two could be, uh, you know, if you grew up and you felt different when you were growing up, that could cause you to retreat in your personality as well because you don't want to expose yourself too much because you, when, whenever you did, you felt different and you, it, it, it was so close to you feeling isolated that it made you feel scared and or sad and you don't want to feel that way anymore so better to just retreat better to better to play it safe follow the script the third point is if you've been told hey this is how you can be safe and uh, so this is what you better follow this script go to go to school go to uni get a job and just just shut up if you're told to follow that script and it's important to follow that script because it'll keep you safe what that is basically suggesting to you that it's a very unsafe world and so you've got to kind of keep your head down and just do this otherwise it's going to be so unsafe and that's so bad right if we have a generation where people are so attached to certainty and so scared of uncertainty that's why people are scared to take risks to do what they they really want to do they somehow think it's it's going to mean that they're going to die or something that's a very primal fear. So I hope with these points, I'm like helping you stimulate your thoughts about how your past may have had some effects on you. Another one, and the last one I'll touch on is money. Like I, I can tell you, I, I have memories of my mum and I, like, because we didn't have a car when we were growing up because, you know, we, we didn't have much money. And so it was like me, my mom, and my little sister. My little sister was like tiny at the time. Uh, and we were walking for ages every day after school 
to walk home. We used to live in Narrabri, which is in like country New South Wales. I definitely felt like that feeling of like kind of racism around me. Uh, like in some, with some people, like I could feel like some people didn't like me and I had no idea why. Uh, I, and I have these memories of just like walking for ages to get home. And I remember my mum would like look along, along the path all the time to see if she could find a, like a dollar coin or two dollar coin that someone's dropped so she could buy us ice cream. So I have memories of growing up being very poor. And what that can do is infuse within you a mentality of scarcity, of like we've always got to save, always got to conserve. It's just not safe to, to, to spend money almost, right? So can you start to see already how these little things, these experiences create little meanings in our head which lead to the way we're showing up in the world today? And that's why a lot of people, when they're coming to me, they're coming because they're feeling that sense of, dude, I've run out of motivation. I'm not really fulfilled or satisfied in what I'm doing. When you really dig under the surface, what they're also really saying is, dude, I know I've got a lot of potential inside and I'm so far from living it. And that's the real void that I'm feeling. I'm feeling like I'm not really playing to my potential and I don't really know what to do. And the reason they don't know what to do is because they're viewing the world. I said, you remember I said there's 7 million perspectives in this world. They're viewing the world from a perspective which is marred by all of these uh, past experiences which are not conducive to someone playing at their potential. Because, and here's how you can see it, you can contrast it with some kid who grew up in the eastern suburbs. Let's just use a mad generalization, right? Like, um, to be honest, I have friends who grew up in the eastern suburbs and they're like really, like, I have some really grounded, like incredibly lovely, really close friends um, who grew up in the eastern suburbs and clients, to be honest. So um, I, I acknowledge that this is a really big general generalization, right? And it's pretty much oh, whatever. I, I don't really care how true it is. It, we're just making a point. Um, so it's it's full purpose of example is what I'm trying to say so um, you've got these kids in the eastern suburbs who are who are growing up privileged and rich and they you know that their uh, parents are basically business leaders business owners um, corporate leaders they have been from a young age around plenty of abundance so for them they don't have that stigma of oh, I got to hold on to all my money because they've always had money and they've had a, a understanding in their mind that hey people like me who look like me who are my relatives or people I can just really easily relate to they're in the top positions of society so therefore that's probably where I'm gonna go that's how hard I'm like like that's how hard I'm gonna work or or that's where I know I'm meant to be so I'm really just okay with saying no because I'm gonna go get there and because I've had an abundance of people who always seem my want my attention or want to help me, I'm okay with asking for what I want. Contrast that and that kind of upbringing with someone over here in the West who didn't have much and had to hold on to things and had to, had to be conservative and had to be careful. No wonder this person shows up differently to this person when they're 30 years old, when they're each 30 years old. And then you wonder why we're stuck. Why I'm doing these videos, by the way, is to help us all get unstuck through education. 
So let me explain. And uh, again, Eastern Suburbs example, uh, it's, it's a gross generalization. I, I did it more to explain a point than to point out a truth. I don't really, you, you know, we're all about judging people by individuals, not by generalizing, right? So I don't really care about that. Um, here's the thing. I talked about the filters in terms of how you view the world. Those filters are the key. Because the thing is, if you're seeing a world or you're trained to see a world which doesn't have that much money in it, has a lot of risk in it, a lot of danger in it, um, uh, you know, you, you might as well just say yes to people because you don't want to say no because if you say no, you might miss on, out on the tiny amounts of opportunities that are left. Those scripts can really damage the way you show up and that's what ends up showing that over time we start to see it. That's what ends up hitting, we create that plateau. But the good news is I call that the plateau before the peak because if you get the right guidance and strategies and tools, including some of the things I'm saying in this video, you can turn that plateau into the plateau that is indeed just before the peak where you learn the next level of lessons and move up. So to explain this, I'm gonna use uh, your past experiences and everything that's led up till now, those, the, the, those things that have happened, it creates a framework in your mind, a way to view your, your mindset and the way you view the world. We will call that your first blueprint. If you've read or heard of the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, Stephen Covey, this is what Stephen Covey calls it. Basically, as a result of how you've grown up, you create a first blueprint of, of your view of yourself and your view of the world. So to go to that 11 million bits of information coming in, your brain deletes, distorts, and generalizes the information based off a set of filters. Here's what the filters are. Number one, your view of yourself. Number two, and I'll explain. Your view of the world, number two. Number three, your beliefs. Number four, your focus. Number five, your past experiences. Number six, your values, right? So your view of yourself, what does that mean, number one? Your view of yourself, for example, it's easy for us to look over there at the eastern suburbs and be like, oh, those kids are entitled, right? That's how we're viewing them, right? How, but how are you viewing yourself? Do you view yourself as good enough? Do you view yourself as different? Do you view, do you view yourself as a warrior, as someone who, who, who has to overcome a lot of things? Is that your meta frame on the world? Oh, everything's gonna be a challenge and I've gotta do a lot of overcoming and I'm a warrior and I'm a fighter. I mean, it's, that's definitely dope and it's admirable and I used to think that way, but here's the thing. If you think you're a fighter, just like when you're looking for blue, you see blue. If you think you're a fighter, you're gonna keep finding fights to get into so you can overcome, so you can keep reinforcing your sense of identity that you're a fighter. Right? If you believe life is a struggle or life is challenging, which is the second one, your view of the world, you're going to find challenges. But if you believe, if you change your view of the world and start to tell yourself every day, like through affirmations, every day, here's the technique, affirmations, every day, the world is full of opportunity. You're not going to be able to help it, but start to see more opportunities. If every day you tell yourself the world is full of challenges, you're not gonna be able to help it, but start to see challenges. And the question is, what is the type of world you need to see that's gonna make it the most conducive for you to get to the goals that you have? 
because that's the answer to what's the right perspective to have. The right perspective to have is the right view of the world which is going to be conducive to the goals that you, you, you want to get to. Right? So, number one is to take stock of, the, just, or just to recognize the impact that your past experiences have had on how you show up and helping you realize that that is probably why you're struggling with confidence and why you have self-doubt and motivation issues or fulfillment issues. It's because the, view, the way you've grown up has affected that and you've followed a script. And if you've, especially if you followed a script that your parents gave you, then you're finding yourself exactly where they were trying to take you, which is safe, but not necessarily playing to your potential of fulfilled. Right? And what we're doing right now in what I believe is a very special video is taking a step back and creating consciousness to that first blueprint. So you can go, oh, I have the ability to make a second blueprint now. Because here's, what if, what if you had this view of yourself? There's, there's a line in Through the Wire by Kanye West where he goes, this right here, it's history in the making, man. What if your view of yourself was like Kanye's, where it's like you were meant to be, you were meant to be CEO, and you will be CEO. I'm not saying you want to be CEO, right? Like whatever, whatever it is that you want to be, right? I, I'm meant to be an incredible community leader. Because I can, I can tell you, from my past, I can either tell myself, you know what, I'm different, I'm going to be a, uh, you know, I'm just supposed to be, be someone who plays it safe, and I'm, I should just accept that middle management is good enough for me because, you know, I'm, I've gone through so many challenges. I could make that as my meaning of my past, or I, can, or I can say, hey, I'm from a place in Sri Lanka called Kandy, which is where kings, it's where the descendants of the kings live. So my view of myself that I'm choosing is that I am, I am a descendant of a king and I am born to be a king. And my parents are community leaders. They are. And I am a community leader in my paradigm. I never thought this way until around the age of 25, 26. Until the age of about 25, I was just fitting in. And I basically got to the point, maybe similar to you, where it just wasn't fulfilling anymore. And why? Because I wasn't playing to my potential at all. I wasn't trusting my own truth at all. So I looked back through my past and I changed the meaning I was giving it. What if you were meant to be the leader that you've always, you always know inside you are? What if the world is waiting for you to take the plate? What if that's the way you view the world? What if the way you, you viewed, like what you started to focus on, was not problems, was not issues, was not other people's bullshit, but every day you focus on your goal, every day you focus on what you need to do to get there. What if you started to change your time so you associated more with people that were conducive to you achieving your goals instead of negative people or people who just are not very constructive to be around. And why? Because of your view of yourself and, the, and your view of the world. 
because hey I've actually got a really important mission or purpose to do here if you're struggling with mission and purpose by the way and you don't know what that is that's okay I have another video I think it's called your net worth equals your self-worth uh, which uh, I'm pretty sure that's the video where I break down how, how to uh, get clarity on that and get clarity on your direction so that is how this this works it starts with getting consciousness on the almost damage or just the effect that your past has had on how you're showing up now and then the question is to understand well how do you want to show up now instead and then change your view your, your view of yourself your view of the world what you're choosing to focus on and I'm going to give you one more before we finish today what you're choosing to focus on which is going to be more conducive to where you want to go here's the last one this one's insidious this one is nuts and I'm giving it to you because you know you stayed with me uh, you know towards the end of this video and so I want to give this one to you here's what it is it's your highest aspirations and your minimum standards so what's that mean? I'm going to use an easy one, a, a gym example. For the gym, when you think about the gym, when you exercise, uh, what is the minimum standard, like the bare minimum that you're going to go to the gym every week? Is it is at a bare minimum, no matter what, you're going to go three times, two times? No matter what, no matter what. One time? Zero? What is that? Put that to the side for a second. What about your aspirational target? Aspirationally, how many times do you want to go to the gym per week? Oh, dim, five days a week. Yeah, that's my goal, five days a week. Cool, what's this? If your goal is five days a week, but no matter what, you're going to go there one day a week, you're going to find the average amount that you go to the gym is three days a week. Because basically, like a sine wave, you are fluctuating between your your highest aspirations and your minimum standards and the one thing you won't flake on is your minimum standards so you want to know a hack on how you can get your ass to the gym more often increase your damn minimum standard for the gym and say to yourself you know what no matter what no matter what I'm going to the gym three days a week no matter what and you're gonna find your fitness will improve because now between your aspiration which is five and your minimum three you're probably going to go now four days a week but you know which is better than what you were doing before right which I think was three I can't remember the example here's another one now that you understand the concept if you've grown up in the East your minimum standard for a bank account, maybe it's actually like a hundred grand or two hundred grand because that's what you've seen or you know your parents to have. I have no idea, right? Like, but I'm just guessing. And what if you were around people who it was normal to have millions? What would that change your aspiration to be? What would it even change your minimum standard to be? And now think about how you grew up. What was the average income with the people that you grew up? And what did you create your minimum standard to be of what, what you want to have in your bank account? Because to use myself as an example, my aspirational target for what's in my bank account was 100K, 100,000. 
and a minimum standard when I was working corporate anyway was 20,000. And I literally saw it like a sine curve fluctuate up and down. When you get close to 20,000, I'm like, whoa, man, I'm spending too much. I gotta, I gotta save, man, and I can't, I can't do this, can't do that. I gotta save, I gotta go. Suddenly, you know all the right actions to do when you're fighting for your minimum standards, right? But when it was getting close to 100K, I'm like, oh, bruh, sweet, bro. No, no, I'll pay for dinner, bro, bro, it's, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, we can go here, we can do that. We can go on this holiday. Because now you're getting closer, you, so you fluctuate. So what if your minimum standard, instead of being 20K, what if your minimum standard was 80? And what if your aspiration was 400? Really let that sink in. What if, honestly, your minimum standard was 80? How would that show up in the actions that you would take today? You'd be like, oh, dude, whoa, what am I doing? Dude, I gotta like, dude, dude, I gotta, I gotta like get really serious about this job right now. You know? Or, by the way, I'm using money as an example. You could all do this with fulfillment. Think about the average people that you associate with. How fulfilled are they? What's your minimum standard that you accept for your fulfillment? And what's your aspirational? What's the minimum standard that you accept with your friends? And what's your aspirational? Because if you, for example, change the, the minimum standard of the friends you associate with to be higher, to be friends that at a minimum are really thriving in life or, or really trying to thrive in life, how will that change how you feel? You probably heard, you know, you're the, you're the average of the top five people you associate with. So our past, it affects all of this stuff. And the way you create your second blueprint is to appreciate what these different areas are. Your view of the world, your view of the self, your view of work, your view of how you should be. What are your stories and your meanings and your paradigms and your frameworks on money, on, on fulfillment, on, on living your purpose and trusting your truth? Because unconsciously that was designed and randomly, basically, that was designed in your first blueprint. And I hope through this video you can see that you have the power to write your second blueprint. As I said, if you're unclear on your purpose, which is the thing that underpins all of it and gives you the power and motivation to do something, check out my video on uh, net worth and self-worth. If you need further help in actually doing this stuff, I'm going to put a link in the description uh, on, a way, on ways that you can reach out to me, uh, you know, because this is primarily what I do. You know, I run retreats and and do you know one-on-one -on -one coaching and private coaching and all that to help people with this stuff but what I wanted to do in this video was literally just show you the concept overview like exactly what you got to do if and maybe you'll be down to do it just by yourself whatever you need whatever you think is right so I really hope this helps I want you to realize you are not trapped by your past I also want you to realize the effect that your past has on you and I want you to realize that you can really be whatever you want to be. And that things that you fear may just be phantoms in your mind. Created by past experiences. 
and they may be keeping you stuck. And if you're feeling that sense of, um, yeah, lack of confidence, lack of fulfillment, lack of motivation, it's because your first blueprint is outdated and it's time to create a second one. So I hope this video helps. I, I really, please, please do share this with your friends. Uh, look, this is information that we were not taught in school, but this is information that can literally change the wealth dynamic of a country if we share it, if we get enough to enough people. So thanks for, for watching. See you in the next one.